And now, from the Echelon Studios in Los Angeles, California, it's the How She Got Her Start podcast. So let's all get started with your host, Jerry Hemsworth. Hi there, it's Jerry Hemsworth, and welcome to How She Got Her Start. This podcast is one of um, passion for me. I have always been passionate about women business owners and women executives and learning their stories about how uh, they got where they are uh, today in, in their businesses. And I'm very happy to be here with Jessica of Bacosa Family Law in Calabasas. How are you? I'm doing well, Jerry. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. We, we've met not too long ago, and I was struck by some of the things you had said uh, about your story and how you became um, the owner of your own law firm, family law, um, and some of the things that you handle, like divorce and prenup, postnup. What are some of the other things that you tend to handle in your firm? Um, I Right now, what's really becoming popular are cohabitation agreements. Ah. Um, in California, if you are unmarried but you live together, you could still technically be held to some responsibilities to your partner, similar mm-hmm. to as if you were married, but the law actually is contract law, not family law, but mm-hmm. family law attorneys handle these cases. Oh, that's It's contract law. Yes. Okay, but it seems like it would fall right into family law. It's It does. So it's interesting because so the law is based in contract law, but what you're enforcing are family law rights. Okay. And and how, how long have you had your firm? How long have you been on your own, doing your own thing? So just slightly under a year. Okay. And let's let's back up a little bit. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in the Bay Area in a small town called Livermore. We know Livermore very well. Very few people do unless they know about the two national labs there. Right, right. That was one of our pit stops on our way up to Berkeley to go visit our daughter when we would um, drive up. And and um, we liked Livermore. It's right next to Dublin. Yeah, it's such a great little town to grow up in. I think that's probably why I'm a suburb girl now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to go from that kind of environment into the city, isn't it? It is. It's. I love the peacefulness of small towns. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Now, was anybody in your family an attorney? How did you, did you dream of being an attorney as a kid? You know, my grandma says I would talk about it when I was younger. I don't really recall that. But no, no one in my family was an attorney. I am actually a first-generation college student. Fantastic. Um, yeah, even some of the women in my family um, did not even graduate high school. So it was a really wow. big deal for me. And I had two older brothers who did not attend college either. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was breaking, I guess, the boundaries of my family. Was that a conscious decision for you? Or was it one that just, I'm? this is a natural path for me. This is what I'm doing. You know, it was a mix of both, really. I had um, just some amazing teachers, my um, the assistant principal at my school when I was a junior, he encouraged me to start taking classes at community college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
this is way better than high school. I could do this and maybe I can go to college. And that's kind of how I got my start in higher education. That's it's it's interesting that you say that because I'm a first generation uh, four year university student in my family, in my in my immediate family. My siblings, two brothers ahead of me and a sister um, went to community college and that's about as far as they went. And I went straight to university as well. But it was and and like you, I was influenced by uh, teachers, um, my grandfather, and it just it was a natural step. And um, I find it fascinating how we, as women, decide. Okay, this is this is my path. This is where I'm going, and and how I'm going to get there. So where'd you end up going to school? So I, for undergrad, I went to University of Tennessee. Oh, wow. Yes. How I, did you pick Tennessee? Um, well, I love football. I've always <laughs> been slightly obsessed with Peyton Manning. Okay. Um, one of my children may be named Peyton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does Peyton Manning know this? <laughs> we held up a sign at a game, but he did not come over and say hi. Okay. Um, That's just wrong. <laughs> I know, right? It's rude. Maybe he'll listen to this and he'll yeah, reach he'll out. Yeah, he'll hear this. We'll, we'll forward it to him. <laughs> um, and then also my grandmother, um, when I was in middle school, she moved to Tennessee. Oh, okay. And so she lived in kind of a suburb of Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And so I had gone to visit and I fell in love with the area. Mm. And it was just kind of a natural fit. It was the only school I applied to. It felt right for you? It did. It's the only school you applied to. So because I went to community college first, and Uh I considered transferring to some other schools. um, But it just kind of, yeah, it felt right to me. I didn't have the knowledge or my family's help in choosing Mm -hmm. colleges or making those decisions. Mm -hmm. I just kind of made Mm -hmm. a choice. I I can identify with so many of what you just said. And so did you live with your grandmother or did you live on campus? How did, what, what was that experience like for you? I lived with my grandmother for one year uh-huh. and then I lived in an apartment with a friend for the next year. Uh-huh. And then my senior year of college, I had my son. Uh-huh. And so we okay. lived in um, Tennessee, offered on-campus family housing. Nice. And yes. child care. It was, <laughs> I was very fortunate to have yeah. all of that available to me. Yeah. So you have a, a little boy. And how did you get to law school? What was your journey like there? You know, so while I was pregnant before my senior year, I went, I started talking to some friends mm. and was saying, you know, I'm considering law school. And a family friend recommended that I go work at a law firm before I do that. Actually, very smart. (laughs) Yeah, so we, um, I applied and was um, accepted. I, sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I went to a boutique to large firm in D.C. that handled antitrust law. Oh, wow. Yes. Did you even know what antitrust law was at that point? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a law firm. And it's in D.C. For pity's sake, I'm going. I'm going. And so I spent my summer in D.C. Yeah. Um, And it was really eye-opening. I really enjoyed the work. Uh It was difficult, but it just didn't quite fulfill my need Mm -hmm. to help people. Mm. And so that wasn't 
the path I chose to take, but I did decide that, yes, I do want to go to law school. So you said um, in one of our previous conversations that you're pretty empathetic and that you need to help people. So did that play a part in where you went to law school or uh, where you knew you wanted to um, practice the law or where you just kind of knew, I got to go to law school and I'm going to find a place of practice? You know, it was a mix of both. So being from the Bay Area, I looked at Bay Area schools Mm -hmm. in hopes that I would have my family to help support me while going Mm -hmm. to school with my young son. He was nine months old when I started. So that's brave. That's very brave. It was pretty scary. Um, But so I applied to only one law school, Santa Clara. You're you're famous for the (laughs) one schools, right? You're very confident. This is where I'm going. Take me. I'm Uh, I'm coming. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, I don't know why I did that. I guess I just maybe partially didn't know better. Partially, maybe I was like, well, if I only apply to one and I don't get in, then I have an excuse to take a year off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe that might have been what was going on in the back of my head. But, you know, I was accepted. And so Santa Clara offered a part-time program. Mm -hmm. And so having my son, that made sense for me. Mm As well as it's a Jesuit school. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, There are, I know there, our motto when I attended was lawyers who lead. We did a lot and work on, you know, being compassionate and working, helping other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The Jesuits were great. The priest um, actually gave me (laughs) like a scholarship for one year to help pay for some of the expenses of having a child in law school. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just, it was a very empathetic community that also reached out to the outer community of Santa Clara and gave back as well. That's so cool. I know um, University of San, of San Francisco is Jesuit, as is Georgetown, yeah. and Loyola, I believe. Yeah, yes, they're Loyola all is. kind of sister schools, you know. And I've heard amazing things about that education and that support system. I, um, how did you find yourself to? family law. Did you know in law school that that was your path? You know, I did. Kind of as you alluded to, I think I'm a pretty empathetic person. Mm -hmm. I really like to help people. Mm -hmm. And so when I was in law school, actually my best friend and I, we said we were going to start our own family law firm when we graduated from law school. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out for a number of reasons, but we... um, So I spent a lot of time in law school doing my volunteer hours and pro bono work in family law. I actually became a certified law student, so I was doing trials while in law school. You're kidding. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Yes. If you have a supervising attorney, you can. And so I I worked through different um, pro bono organizations and Uh would take cases, Uh um, mostly domestic violence victims. That's an area that I kind of have a soft spot for, and I still do um, pro bono work here now nice. through the Harriet Buhai Center with oh, domestic wow. violence victims. How much time do you devote to that? What would um, you say on a annual basis? <laughs> um, you know, I'm not really sure. Right now I have a really large case that's taking a lot of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I try... When you can. Yeah, when I can. I definitely try and, I would say, at least 50 hours a year. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. That's uh, uh, impressive. Impressive. So you are in law school, you wrap that up, 
And then what? Well, I last minute mm-hmm. after graduating moved to Las Vegas. Oh. Um, and shortly after I got married. So I ended up taking the Nevada bar instead of the California bar. And you passed that, I'm sure. Like you only applied once, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did it's, only I, take it once. <laughs> So you, you're licensed. Are you still licensed in Nevada? Yes. So I am licensed in both California and Nevada. Oh my gosh! But you didn't practice law right away, did you? No. So I did some work, um, some pro bono work. I did start my own firm, but I never really got it off the ground. Uh-huh. I ended up helping my husband with his business uh-huh. and raising our children, uh-huh. which wasn't the path I thought I would take. But I think it really helped prepare me for where I'm where I am now and kind of where I'm going. I, you know, in managing our businesses, I learned a lot of um, skills to help me set up my own business now. That's what we were talking about in an earlier conversation is the skills that we learn along the way um, come back and help us today. Um, I was surprised when I started our business, what I didn't know, I kind of never envisioned, oh, you know, having my own uh, business. I just kind of knew this was the next step, but no clue. Um, I wish I had had some experience like you with, oh, okay, we need to get insurance or we need to review this policy or this contract and stuff like that. Did having your law degree and all your education help um, when you were managing your husband's businesses and the businesses that you had when you were married? You know, it really did. Um, the biggest thing was the ability to read a contract. Mm. We were approached by a lot of people to invest in their businesses mm-hmm. and just being able to read the contract and understand the terms and mm-hmm. have a discussion with him about it mm-hmm. really helped as well as kind of, like you said, the stuff you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. I was purchasing insurance for our, our business for both health insurance, business insurance, mm-hmm. um, you know, started our own retirement plan, things like that. So it really helped me grow as a business owner. Yes, yes. And then you came to California. How'd you get to California from Vegas? You know, Vegas was not my favorite spot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So when my husband began working here, I was like, me and the kids are moving. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was kind of going back and forth. And I was like, well, then we'd like to be in California. Yeah. And so I think after being here a few years, mm-hmm. I decided I was ready to return to practicing law. And COVID was kind of a gift to me and um. that we were all home. Mm-hmm. And I was able to study and take and pass the California bar. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's when you knew, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So then I worked for a friend for about a year. Uh-huh. And then last year I started my own firm. I want to know, what was that day like, the first day of your new firm? your family law. Do you remember, or did it gradually sneak up on you, or do you remember, okay, I'm doing this, I'm moving forward? You know, I was sitting, everything's done at home now, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. creating it on my computer. I'm Mm -hmm. filing with the Secretary of State. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And at that point, it didn't really hit me. Really, it hit me when I received my business certificate and my, um, oh, I forget what it's called, but you receive a certificate from the state bar as well when you form your own law firm. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really just a piece of paper, but it made me so happy when I received that. It felt, you know, I was really going to accomplish my goals and move forward. And It's official. Yeah. It's it was- so official. And you're like, okay, this is very cool. What was, um, how did you, do you remember the first client you had in your law firm and how you got it? Um, yeah, so it was actually a random call. A random call. It was a random call. Um, and the first, we, I did my initial consultation. Mm-hmm. We went through kind of how I would, you know, represent this person and their response was, wow, you were the most empathetic attorney I've spoken to. Really? And that's really how this person decided um, to hire me as their attorney. Like, you know, I think most attorneys have, we have knowledge, right? We can all argue about who's the smartest, who can recite the law, whatever that is. But especially in family law, the clients want to be heard. This is their personal life. Mm -hmm. And so even though the law says this, what they care about is how, you know, am I going to survive this? Mm -hmm. How are my children going to survive this? And they want Mm -hmm. to know that, yes, you know the law, but also how are you going to help them navigate this difficult time? Mm -hmm. Do you remember when you got your first check? (laughs) Well, there's no text anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I've received a little ping in my email that says... You know, this, been. this person is pay, paid into their client trust account. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm like, there's money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Talk about really being official. Yeah. Well, you know, it's exciting for me because, um, you know, we talked about my husband a little bit earlier, but we were actually going through a divorce. Oh. And so for me to be like, you know what, I'm going to go out and do this on my own now right. was really exciting. Um To be like, okay, you know, this isn't scary. It's kind of the same thing as my clients, right? I'm experiencing it along with my clients in a way. And that probably gives you even more empathy for your clients. I mean, I can't even imagine doing and um, for others the same thing that you're going through. That's just got to be a trip and like very helpful, I I would think. Yeah, I think, you know, it can be really reassuring when I tell clients, you know, like, There's simple things like if you have children, you have to watch these videos about co-parenting on the Mm -hmm. um, L.A. County website Mm -hmm. um, before you attend mediation. And I'm like, you know, I had to watch these videos. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to say I did all of these same things that you're going to have to go through and Mm -hmm. that you can make it through it, even if it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, I think it's really helpful for my clients to know that I really empathize with the situation they are in. Yeah, I I I can only imagine that's fantastic for them. Um, How do you have a network of other attorneys that you can reach out to when you have questions? Or um, how do you network? How does your network work for you? You know what? I have a great network of mostly women attorneys. There are a few men as well Mm -hmm. who have really been helping me. Um, I think... 
I kind of have a photographic memory, so I re- remember a lot of facts and wow. um, things about the law, but some of the procedural stuff, starting my own firm, I really needed help, and these women reach out, they give me referrals. Um, I have one friend who, she actually is a me- um, does mediation, not litigation anymore, and so mm-hmm. she's been a tremendous resource mm-hmm. in assisting me with referrals or just in answering any questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, you know, I have a great network of other attorneys that I um, speak to at least multiple times a week, even then yeah. they'll call me for questions as well, even though I'm the newer one. But sometimes, you know, yeah. you just happen, especially with my memory. I had someone call me from court the other day and they were like, what's that? Um, like, Oh, what was it? It was about evidence. And they were like, how do I um, get this police report in without it being hearsay? Right, <laughs> so, right. Because I, you know. Because you know. And yeah. Photographic memory. That's amazing. Did that, had to have been perfect for you going through law school. You know what? I, it was, but it was also kind of a hindrance. Really? Because you're reading so many cases and I don't know that I have a perfect photographic right. memory. And so all my friends were highlighting and taking notes. Uh-huh. And I had never done that before. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, you need to take notes. They're like, what? why? <laughs> <laughs> it's here. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes there were some cracks in it. So it, yeah, it helped yeah. me learn to be more organized. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Oh, my gosh. So back to your network that you have today. Um Referrals, the client referrals, word of mouth, I have to believe, is fantastic for you. Um, where do you get most of your client referrals? Are they from other attorneys or from friends or just other networking? You know, um, like it, like I said, it's a mix. Um, friends, other attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a member of Echelon. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and other than Echelon, I actually don't belong to any other networking groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so those are kind of my three points of where client referrals come from. And then obviously word of mouth, um, yeah. other clients. And you said you're, you like, you, when you go to court, we talked about how sweet <laughs> and lovely your voice is and that it's actually a benefit to you. How is it a benefit to you in court? You know, I think... As women, sometimes we're afraid to show our authentic selves or feel mm-hmm. we have to be a little stronger yeah. or show, you know, in front of others. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is my voice. This is how I speak. And I've had, you know, people definitely underestimate me mm-hmm. and think, oh, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, along with the voice, I've been told I look younger than I actually am. Very young, so, very young, which is great. It's fantastic. Embrace it. So, you know, I have attorneys who think they can bully me or, you know, and I'm just like, I'm bring it gonna, on. I'm not going to go for that. But now I see what your plan is and I will attack that. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Did you actually have somebody ask you about being an attorney with that voice? Yes, I was. It was when I was in law school, and someone's like, "Oh, you're in law school. You want to be an attorney? Don't you think your voice is kind of like high pitched for that?" <laughs> I know. 
And what was your response? No. Basically. <laughs> you know, I, I, I embrace my voice. It is what it is. As you should. It's, you know? it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I absolutely love it. So your, um, your client base is growing. Yes. You are succeeding. Yes. And are you, how do you feel about the next three to five years of your firm? You know, I'm really excited. I originally was, my plan was like just to stay solo. And now I'm kind of seeing that mm-hmm. I may want to expand and bring on um, attorneys and su- support staff. Because right now I'm a true solo. I don't mm-hmm. have sure. um, a receptionist, a legal assistant. Mm-hmm. I do all of the work by yeah. myself. So now I'm starting to see that, you know, I think there's a lot of potential in my firm. And I kind of mm-hmm. feel a spot that really isn't being filled Mm -hmm. in family law. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, especially here in LA, everyone thinks, you know, the most expensive attorney or the attorney who represented a celebrity is going to be the best, Mm -hmm. but it's not always offering them what they need. And so even if they're getting a settlement they want, Mm -hmm. or if they're not, because they don't feel heard, they're not satisfied with it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's uh, um, that's kind of sad that they aren't being heard. Yeah, and that's your that's your strong suit. That's your your shield and protecting them, isn't it? It is because you know, like I've, I really think that you know, there's a you don't want to forget the client's child's name in court or something like that. And so to me, knowing the facts of my client's case is so important. Mm -hmm. And I really try and let them know that because they do, even if you can't get them everything they want, Mm -hmm. if they feel heard and that, you know, the reasoning behind why they want what they want Mm -hmm. is so important to them. And if you acknowledge that, that you hear that, Mm -hmm. then the client's are still happy even if it's not necessarily the exact outcome they want. Mm-hmm. That's great. Jessica, thank you so much for sitting with me today and being my first podcast on how she got her start. I think your story is wonderful, and um, I can't wait to see how your firm grows. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jerry. This oh, was wonderful. My pleasure. Brought to you by Echelon Business Development. More than just networking, way more.